This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I just want to say, first of all, that I'm going to have fun this morning. And I also want to let you know that I actually put into practice my message yesterday afternoon for about two or three hours. So I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm speaking about myself this morning. It's awesome. Well, uh, we've been literally kind of dividing up some of the main parables of Jesus Christ over nine weeks, and my assignment this morning is to talk about the parable of the wheat and the tares, but I'm going to take a totally different spin than you've probably ever heard on this parable. Is that okay? All right. Because I'm going to give you in the first three minutes what the meaning of the parable is, and then we're going to just forget about that and move on. Is that okay? All right. So this parable, interestingly enough, it's, the, it's in the book of Matthew, and it's the only gospel that it's actually recorded in. Um, And it starts in Matthew 13, verses 24, and it says this. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So the sower, you have to understand, is Jesus. The field is the world. And the good seed is the wheat, or, or what we would know as the followers of Christ. But while men slept, his enemy came in. The enemy is Satan. And sowed tares, tares being the followers of the enemy of Satan amongst the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather them up, up the tares, and you also uproot the wheat, uh, the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, which are the angels, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and gather the wheat into my barn. Here is the parable of the wheat and the tares in a nutshell. You ready for this? Live for God, and you'll be with him for eternity for the rest of your life. Don't worry about the stuff the enemy tries to sow. Don't be distracted by what he's doing. Live for God. Do everything you can to pull up every weed from the enemy and just keep living for God. Period. The end. Are we good? Okay, let's moving right along. That's awesome. But when I actually went, when I was reading this whole scripture, I was reading it in different versions, and I landed on the New Living Translation version, and here's where I'm going to spend the rest of my morning, if that's okay. Uh, Something that I put into practice yesterday. It's Matthew 13, verse 3 verses of, of this parable. In the NLT Bible, it says this. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the worker slept, his enemy came in and planted. And planted. How many have weeds in your garden? How many have weeds on your front lawn? How many have ever tried picking them? And they come back. Okay. So this is for you this morning. Um, This literally spoke to me. And it says... The enemy came in and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. This whole concept of weeds jumped out at me as I was processing and thinking about this this message. And I was reminded of another story just before this story called the parable of the sower. And it literally at the very, near the very end of that 
uh, parable, it says this. In Matthew 13, 22 to 23, it says, The seed that fell among the thorns. How many have ever seen a large weed that has thorns? That likes to poke you when you're, you know, cutting your grass and you get too close to the side of the front of your garden. You know what I'm saying? How many have ever experienced that? I got poked about five times yesterday trying to cut my front lawn. Uh, my front lawn. Because we have this whole kind of this, this bush at the front, and we have this whole thing at the front to the left of our, our, our main door, and it's just got stuff sticking out that every day it stares at me and says, why don't you pick me? And I go, why? Right? I'm sure none of you have been like me, ever. Um, but it says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understands God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. I'm going to make a statement this morning that will blow you off your chair. Are you ready for this one? Weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. That's all I want you to remember for the entire message. That's all you got to remember. Tweet it. Hashtag, do whatever you got to do right now. Tweet it. Weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. There's a really, really messed up scripture in the book of Proverbs that really messed me up with this whole idea. I'm going to read it to you. Proverbs 24, verses 30 to 31. Um, I, just before I read it, I just want to ask a question. How many have ever had a problem with another human being? Okay, I just want to make sure that we're all tracking. So, you know, and the people that didn't put up your hands, liars. Anyhow, um, yeah, yeah. So we just want to set it up right now before we go any further that every single human being on the planet has had a problem with another human being. Sometimes we have a problem with a human being while having multiple problems with multiple human beings all at the same time. Okay, all right. So, here it is, Proverbs 24, verses 30 to 31, and this is the heart's cry of most pastors. Anyhow, I'm kidding. I went past the field of someone who didn't want to work. I went past the vineyard of a man who didn't have any sense. Thorns had grown up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds. The stone wall had, been, had fallen down. I want you to catch something here before we get into, I'm not picking this apart. I just find this to be... Utterly funny, actually, to be honest with you. First time I read it, I'm like, that, like, described my first 30 years of my life. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyhow, and then I was like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, why in the world didn't you just put my name in there and just put, a, you know, something next to it? But I want you to catch something here. Notice that it didn't say that the man hired a wrecking ball and destroyed his, his wall. Notice that it didn't say that he was throwing rocks all over the place. The man's place or the man's wall, the man's house, whatever you want to describe it as, was damaged because of what he wasn't doing that needed to be done. Weeding. So I'm going to talk about natural weeding today, but you can apply it to your spiritual walk if you choose. You don't have to choose it. You can just ignore everything I'm going to say and then write your own book on weeding and just give me credit in the very beginning. 
where, you know, it says, you know, and to this person, thank you so much for your investment in my life. Just put, you know, to Cameron Jeffs, the inspiration, and then put, like, hashtag Chicago 1982, you know, something like that. And, uh, and then we're good, for those that are old enough to know what I'm talking about. Can I say again, weeds are easy, wheat takes work. Can I give you some facts about weeds this morning? This is going to be so exciting. I know you want to, like, catch it all. Number one, weeds can muscle out any crop. And desirable plants because they compete for water, sunlight, healthy nutrients, and for space. That's what they do. So they keep pushing out. They keep spreading out. Number two, weed spread. Did you know that a dandelion, like a flower of a dandelion, when, when airborne, can actually travel up to eight kilometers? Weeds spread. Three, weeds multiply. Did you know that most weeds contain upwards of 10,000 seeds within them to multiply, to spread, and to spread whatever it is that they're doing? The fourth thing is this. Weeds are a byproduct. I want you to catch this so bad. Weeds are a byproduct of gardening. Listen to this statement. Weeds are attracted to disturbed environments. Weeds are attracted to disturbed environments. The moment that you start gardening and you start moving stuff and you start making space, you're actually creating space for the very weed you don't want in your garden. You know what I'm saying? You can just, honestly, you know what's the easiest thing to do when you get home? Make a little hole in one little area of your garden and come back about two weeks later, and I guarantee you that there will be no pretty flowers growing there, but it'll be a weed that'll find the space. Come on now, right? Can somebody give me an amen or something? So here's what I want you to understand from a church concept, from a, from a spiritual climate concept. Churches do in the spiritual climate of an area what always naturally disturbs the enemy's habitat. That's what we do. When we are making disciples, we're disturbing the climate. When we are preaching the gospel, we're disturbing the climate. When we're worshiping God, we're disturbing the climate. When we're telling others about our testimony and telling people about how God's changed our lives, we're disturbing the climate, and it's actually giving a room or way for weeds to come. Somebody said years ago, it's kind of a silly old kind of style comment. I can just picture a, an old charismatic preacher in like a, one of those big pulpits that were like 20 feet wide by 13 feet you know, tall and had to stand up on top of it. And they used to say, you know, new devil, uh, new level, new devil. But that's really what we're talking about. That what, when, when you're actually trying to garden for the Lord, weeds actually come in. And that's what the parable of the wheat and tares were talking about. Every single time you planted wheat, Tear showed up because the enemy planted them. Can I say something this morning? That proof of, of, of doing something good for God is that you have the enemy not liking it. Because if the enemy does not care about your life and there's no pushback, the only thing it's proving is that you're no threat to the enemy. But when a church or an individual or a family or a married couple makes a decision to say, no, 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 Man, I'm planting my flag here, man. That's a, I, I'm living for God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I got to do. And I know what the enemy's trying to do, but I am going to move forward in the things of God. Weeds come. It's what they do. Weeds are attracted to it. 
When we move dirt in the kingdom, if we can say it like that, weeds are attracted. I don't know about you, but I, I went through this struggle many, many years ago um, where every time I seemed to move forward in God, there was a pushback, there was an attack, there was something that I didn't like. And I struggled with it big time to actually understand the, pl- the plan and the purpose of God through the whole thing. And you know what I've realized? Ready? Weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. But it's worth it. Amen? Amen. Oftentimes in those situations, we ask God the very simple question, God, what did I do wrong? When we should actually be asking, what did I do right? Not what did I do wrong? The enemy doesn't like it. What did I do right? Lord, I want to keep doing that. That's what I want. Amen? Can I say this morning, as opportunity grows, so does opposition. 1 Corinthians 16.9, Paul said it this way. There is a real opportunity here for great and worthwhile work, even though there are many opponents. Whenever you see opportunity, you see opposition. It's the way it goes. You want to hear an incredibly crazy verse in the Old Testament? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. It goes like this. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. How many have ever had problems with people before? <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that the cleanest, most amazing churches in the world are those that have no people. But can I say this morning, if you don't have a mess, you don't have ministry. Messes are awesome. Because it means the body of Christ can step in and minister. We don't see it that way, do we? But it's awesome. You take away the mess. You take away the ministry. It goes on in this verse and it says, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Can I share something with you this morning that I know some of you may be thinking, may not be thinking, but I want to encourage you this morning. Don't ever underestimate your story. Don't do it. Sometimes you think to yourself, well, I don't have this powerful testimony of, you know, God saved me from drugs and I, from alcohol and a life of destitution and poverty. I don't, I don't have that story. But I say, but you have a story and you don't know who you're going to come in in contact with this week. You don't know who you're going to meet at work. You don't know who you're going to connect with outside of your front door as someone's walking by. You don't know who you're meeting at Fresco today who may just need to hear your story. They don't need to hear mine. They need to hear yours. They say, but if I tell the story, what happens if it gets messy? What happens if, 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 if they're a mess? And my response is, well, you were once, so no one better qualified to help them get clean of their mess than those who've understood what the mess of weeding is all about. Amen? We tracking this morning? Just want to remember our, our key verse here, Matthew 13, 24. It says, here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed, good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. Say after me this morning, weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. Are we tracking? All right. So I want to get back to the parable of the sower. I'm kind of combining two parables this morning, but hopefully you guys are okay with that. Matthew 13, 7, it says this, And some 
fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. They sprang up and choked them. Here's one other thing I've learned about weeds. Weeds poke. Weeds poke. But you know what's interesting about wheat? Wheat is just the opposite. It's the total opposite. Weeds start small, take time to grow, but if you fight for it, it'll leave a legacy from one generation to the next. What we saw up front here with Michelle and Conrad wasn't about one child. It's about a legacy. It's about generational blessing. It's about generational blessing upon each generation as things go. I know their prayer, because I know them enough to know this, is that their hope that as their kids grow up and they have grandkids and they have great-grandkids, that as they're long gone and off the planet and in heaven, in perfection, that their kids carry on the legacy of a family that loves Jesus with all their heart. Amen? Amen. Wheat is total opposite of weeds. Can I say this morning, God is asking us to see past the seed. We've got to see past the seed. We've got to see the potential of what's inside that seed. We have to see the potential, not only what's inside that seed, but the fruit that it has inside that seed. Amen? John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I cho- chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Plant weed. Weed takes work. And that your fruit should remain, that it should last, that it should span the test of time, that it's not a temporary change, that it's a permanent change, an eternal change, something that affects you and influences you in ways that you can't even imagine. We want fruit in this house that is generational. That's why I love the fact that on any given Sunday morning, we have between 45 and 60 kids down the hall. On any given Friday night, we've got about 20 to 25 youth every Friday night. On a bad night, they're 12 to 15, but on most nights, it's 20-ish kids. On Friday at Sydenham High School, what you guys averaging? 40 kids at their outreach at Sydenham High School every Friday. I love the fact that we have a generation of young adults that refuse to say no and say yes to God with everything that they give and everything that they do. There's a generation within them and a heart for revival. They're going to do things that we couldn't do. Can I say this morning, it's okay if our, the next generation goes beyond us. That's not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, that's a great thing. But can we be okay with that? I am. I am. Wheat and weeds have a very interesting contrast. And again, some of this is so basic, but I, wanted to, I want you to see how this relates to our Christian walk. Something that grows easily, weeds, is hard to remove. Kind of like bad habits, right? Something that is hard to grow, wheat, is difficult to begin. Kind of like good habits. How many have ever walked past that treadmill? That treadmill calls your name. And you look at it and you go, maybe tomorrow. And as you're getting close to that treadmill and you feel the pull and the tug, you just keep walking on by. And then you hear that song playing in the back of, of, the, of the background music. So close, 
yet so far away. Some of us, that's our diet. Once again, I'm speaking about myself. You know, I've had a lot of conviction in the last 24 hours with weeding, treadmills, and diet. And I'm not having a good day. Okay? It's not been a good weekend. Sandra's like, honey, Monday's coming. I'm like, yep, I'm going to eat everything this, this weekend. And then it's going to start fresh. October the 16th is a great day. It's like God called me to start on that day. Not today. Why today? Weeding we can do tomorrow. It's okay. It's awesome. Good habits don't come easy, but they have to be fought for. They have to be fought for, but man, they are worth the fight. I want to read this line, this, this phrase, if you're not weeding, you will have weeds. If you're not working, you will not have wheat. I'm going to say it again. If you're not weeding, you will have weeds. I know, like, total, like, revelation. Aren't you glad you're here this morning and heard that? Because if not, you'd go home and maybe not know that that's what happens with weeds. I'm so glad Cameron told me. But the second part is, if you're not working, you will not have wheat. Can I say this morning, from one parent to, I know, several others, parenting is not easy, but generational legacy is worth the fight. It's worth the fight. <laughs> now, some moments it doesn't feel worth the fight. <laughs> I remember when, uh, actually, this is before Gracie and Abby came on the scene, and I remember this one moment where we had our three kids, and we were going, and I have a feeling it was Walmart. It could have been somewhere else, but I have a feeling it was Walmart. And all three of them had a nuclear explosion as we're walking through the doors into Walmart. I'm like, why didn't you pick the van? Just do it at home. Do it in the van. But you had to pick Walmart. And then I'm sitting there going, okay, what do you do in that moment? Right? I mean, you've only got a couple of options. You either pray for the rapture, which didn't happen. That's option one. Number two, you blame it on your wife, which, as I've learned in my life, is not wise. So that was out the door. So I landed on, you know, option three was, I guess I'm the parent, and I guess i got to deal with it. Weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. Can I say this morning that you cannot become a better Christian by accident? You just don't stumble into it. You don't stumble upon it. It takes discipline. It takes weeding. It takes work. It takes all of those things. And it's led me to this one thought, very basic thought, very simple thought, but I wanted to keep it simple and straightforward today. If we had to choose between adding more good habits to our lives or taking away a bad one, what would we do? And to answer your question, I heard this quote many, many years ago, you can't outrun a bad diet. In other words, if you're going to do something first, you've got to remove the bad habit. You've got to remove the weed. Because if you're not removing the weed, it's going to cramp the space of those good seeds that you do have and those good plants that you do have. It'll never get anywhere. It'll just literally um, uh, limit and its effectiveness. It'll limit its reach. So we have to eliminate the bad habits first. You know what I learned uh, yesterday on at least three different occasions, just so you know? Caleb, who is not here, he's in kids' class, helped me. He was my helper for three hours yesterday, and he could attest to this, that this happened multiple times. 
How many have ever seen this beautiful, like maybe a strawberry or something that's in, growing in your garden, and you reach down for it, you reach down to pick out the strawberry or to pick out the fruit, and as you're reaching your hand down, you get poked by a thorn in a weed, right? The one thing I've realized in my life that God isn't, you know, he's not as interested in some of the things that we think he should be interested in. And the one thing I've kind of landed on in my life is that, is that oftentimes we will not know the taste of someone's strawberries, your call, your gift, your abilities, your personality, all those things, because every time we reach down to pick out the fruit, we get stabbed. We get poked. And I've often wondered, why does that happen? And so I want you to know this morning, I can honestly say from my own life, I had fruit on my tree, but man, I had so many thorns. I had so many prickly, you know, the one word in the New Testament it actually says is the nettles. I don't know if you've ever seen the nettles. They're, they just get you. And so what you have to understand this morning is if you're going to pick one thing, get rid of the weeds, get rid of those nettles, get rid of those thorns. Why? Because then we can actually partake of those good things in your life. Remember the quote, if you're not weeding, you will have weeds. If you're not working, you will not have wheat. Let's stick with it. I want to share with you six reasons why I hate weeding. It's going to be deep. Ready? Number one, because it's hard. How many had these great intentions and this great idea, and you went outside, and you're like, I'm going to do it today, and it lasted less than five minutes. Come on, can I get it? <laughs> right, okay, I'm not the only one. Thank you, Jesus. And here's where I struggle. Come on, let's just going to be honest for a second. Do you use gloves or don't you use gloves? Because if you use gloves, you cannot grab the thing to pull out the roots because you don't have no grip. But if you use your hands, you can grip it and pull the roots out, but then your hand is cut up in many different places. So you have to pick which one you're going to do. I hate that. So I've made up my mind. I'm not using gloves. I'm not thinking about any gloves. I'm not weeding. Why even get into the debate about gloves or no gloves, gloves or no gloves? I just don't do anything. It's a great example to our children of what to do. Not. And you know what I find is when you pick it and if you don't get all of it, it grows back. So once again, weeding's hard. Why do it? It's hard. You know what I've realized in my Christian walk? That when I'm struggling with my own life and I realize that weeds are easy and wheat is hard, I always gravitate towards the same thing. If I can just read that Brian Houston book, if I can just listen to that Stephen Furtick podcast, if I can just da 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 then I'm okay. And honestly, what I believe is God's looking down saying, you're listening to them, but they've already pulled their weeds. And you're getting their wheat. But if you don't worry about that, and you actually pull your weeds, your wheat is going to be powerful, and maybe one day they're going to be listening to you. And I'm not against Brian Houston or Steve. I love listening to Stephen Furtick. I could listen to him all day. But the point is, is that that can't be the answer. Amen? Can I say some really, really funny statements, but it's going to make its point. We can't pray for purity and then hang out in our girlfriend's bedroom all the time. We can't pray for a job and never apply. We can't ask God for a wife and not brush our teeth. Come on, can I get an amen in the house? 
Can I get an amen in the house? Come on. How you doing? You know? I didn't know that could grow on things like that. Anyhow, weeds on the teeth. Weeds on the teeth. It's crazy. All right. Number two. Six reasons why I don't weed. Number two, I don't weed because I already did that. I did it three months ago. Why do I have to do it again? That's insane. Why in the world do I have to do that again? Um, there's an incredible movie uh, scene in Evan Almighty, for those that really enjoy godly movies, because it does have God in it, right? So it has to be godly. Um, there's this one scene where Steve Carell's character is like, when I shave, it grows back again. And then his administrator says, that's how it happens, but you shave again. Weeds grow back. But I already did that, so I don't want to do that anymore. Once you pick one, it keeps coming back. The third reason why I don't want to weed. Are you ready for this one? I don't want to weed because some other people need to weed more. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like a connection with the crowd this morning. It's awesome. I can hear all your thoughts in your mind going, man, he must know me. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Some of you went outside yesterday thinking, I'm going to weed one last time before the fall comes. And you went back inside, got out your phone, and played Candy Crush for two hours. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Number four. I don't weed because I don't have time for that. Can I uh, say something this morning? When's the best time to plant a tree? Ten years ago. When's the second best time? Now. You know what I'm saying? We got a track here. When's the best time to plant a tree? Ten years ago. Second best. Now. Don't leave for tomorrow what you can do today. Number five, which is a very important one, one that I don't want you to miss. Number five, because it's hard. You say, I thought that was number one. It's still hard. And before you judge me, before you judge me this morning, I know that there's people sitting in this room right now that looked at your garage. Looked at your garage and said, you know what, honey, we're going to tackle this thing. We are going to grab everything out of the garage and we're going to organize it. We're going to put in shelving units and we're going to make it look pretty. And we're going to like label everything so we know where to find everything. And then you pull everything out of your garage. And by the time you get to having everything out of your garage, it is now five and a half hours later. And you look at it and you go, that was the dumbest idea I have ever done in my life. And you throw it all back in and it's worse than it was before you pulled it out. You're like, what's going on? It's crazy. Number six. Number six. I don't weed because I don't want to get down on my knees. But it's the answer to everything. You can't weed without being on your knees. You cannot weed your spiritual journey without being on your knees. Can't do it. 
You can't do it standing up. You've got to be in a prayer position. Lord, help me. Lord, I know that weed's there. I know people have seen it. I actually see it, Lord. I've got to deal with that. I've got to deal with it. You know what happens when you get in a position where you're on your knees and you start to pray certain prayers? You start to pray things like, God, reveal to me where my weeds are. Reveal to me where my nettles are, my thorns are. And then the Holy Spirit actually starts speaking. And you have two choices. You could, well, you probably have a couple different choices. You can actually respond to it and, and make changes. Or you can ignore it. Or you can do what we do with our phones all the time. Swipe right. I don't want to see that. Swipe right. But at some point, we've got to look at it. Are we asking the Holy Spirit not only to reveal our weeds, but as I learned yesterday, multiple times, to reveal the hidden secret weeds that I didn't know were underneath the nice-looking tree that I got thorns in my hand because of reaching through what looked nice, and underneath was the secret hidden weed down below. That got me. And as I did that, I thought to myself, how many times do we have secret weeds hiding beneath and below something that looks all pretty on the outside? How many have ever seen these really, really nice flowering weeds? They look really pretty. But can I say this something this morning? A pretty flowered weed is still a weed. Still a weed. Our kids, especially our two youngest, always were convinced that dandelions were pretty, pretty yellow flowers. No, they're not. Dad, we've got like 500 pretty flowers on our front lawn. Okay, you can start picking them because Daddy's not getting down on his knees to do it anytime soon. Got to get down on our knees. We have to get down on our knees. I want to end with one little thought. I have a couple of things I could say, but I'm just going to end with one thought. Healthy plants give up their fruit. Weeds fight back. Healthy plants give up their fruit freely. Weeds fight back. Picture, if you can, with me for a second, beautiful apple tree. And some gentleman comes up and picks an apple from that tree. Do you really think that the apple tree is going, oh, man, he's stealing from me. What is he doing taking something from me? He doesn't think that at all. As a matter of fact, the apple tree is observing what's going on. And he sees this guy get in his car, and he's like, this is awesome. He's going further away. And he's eating the apple in the car. He gets to the end. He's just got the core left. He rolls down the window, and he chucks the core out the side of the, of the, of the window across the, the side of the street and on the other side of the road. And the apple tree's probably sitting there going, yes, because I couldn't throw my cores or my seed that far. So I've spread out thanks to someone taking my fruit. Weeds don't do that. Healthy things multiply. God just doesn't see the seeds in the apple, but the apples in the seeds and the trees in the seeds. That's what he sees. Amen? Weeds are easy. Wheat takes work. I want to end with one final verse. Matthew 13, 43. This is the promise of God to those that make a decision to pull their weeds, and to start working hard on developing your wheat. It says, then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone who hear, who, with ears to hear
should listen and understand. The righteous will shine like the sun. You know what's an awesome promise about that? Is that the sun can affect everywhere. It can reach every place. It's not limited in scope. It's pretty awesome. How many have ever been outside, put a flashlight on in the middle of the day with the sun shining bright, your flashlight has no effect? Why? Because that's how powerful the sun is. And God is literally saying the righteous are like that. When they make a decision to literally pull their weeds and start the hard work of planting wheat. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Let's stand together this morning. If I could just have every eye closed this morning, not for any weird reason, but just so there's no distractions, no one looking around. If you are here this morning and you just feel like this was God speaking directly to you, you feel like, man, I, I've just, I've literally let weeds just grow in my life. And the weeds can be a multiple variety of things. It doesn't have to be one thing. It can be a multiple variety of things. It could be making excuses. It could be quitting too early. It should be reacting instead of responding. It could be uh, coasting when you should be accelerating and so on and so forth. But Father, we believe this morning that God is speaking. If you're in this room this morning and you just feel like, I need to make some changes. I need to change what I'm doing. I need to reprioritize some things. If I have one thing to do, either add more good things or take away a bad thing, I'm going to take away the bad thing today. If that is you this morning, I want you to, we're not going to have anyone come up here, but I want you to be real with God this morning. If that's you, I want you to just put up your hand all across this place. Nobody looking around. I'm not even going to look around. That's you, just put up your hand. Father, you see the hands in this place. You see those arms outstretched. You see a desire in their heart to move past where they've ever been. You see a desire in their heart, Lord, to plant uh, wheat and to pull those weeds as fast as possible. And Father, even as I learned yesterday, Lord, sometimes the worst and the most painful things are those hidden things that we can't see. So, Father, help us to deal with those hidden sins. You see each and every hand this morning, Lord God, and I pray, Father God, that you'd come and you'd minister and you'd speak to them that you'd bring life where there has been death. You'd bring life and hope where there's been frustration and anger and resentment. Lord, that you would literally have your story transform our story this morning. We give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. Amen. You can open your eyes. And here's what I want us to do. I want you this week to make one simple choice. It doesn't have to be 10. Some of you may go home and say, I got like 10 different weeds in my garden. Just deal with one. Don't get overwhelmed. Just deal with one. But what I want you to think about is what is that one? What is the one? What's the one that keeps coming back more than anything else? What's the one? I know what it is for me. And I was reminded of it as I was getting poked by these weeds yesterday. I know what it is for me. What is it for you? Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.